today we're gonna talk about humility. Now I know that none of you need this word, do you? This is probably something that none of us in this room struggle with. In fact, some of you right now are turned off by what I just said. I was just setting you up, all right? Humility. If you look it up in the dictionary, it's defined as this, a modest or low view of one's importance. CNN founder Ted Turner once said this, if I only had a little humility, I would be perfect. You see, in a strange and almost perfectly ironic sense, I believe this statement encapsulates the spirit of our age. Uh, It's an attitude that gives lip service to humility while celebrating self-promotion. Humility, let's just be honest, is, is hardly a hallmark of our age, correct? Now, I grew up on old school country music. Anybody else in the house? Uh, That's the only thing I was allowed to listen to. And, And if you know anything about old school country music, it probably wasn't the best thing for a six or seven year old boy growing up learning to listen to. And, and this was something that at an early age, I'll never forget turning on the radio and hearing songs like this. Oh Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. I can't wait to look in the, cause I get better looking each day. To know me is, I must be a, I almost got you there. I must be a heck of a man. Oh Lord, it's hard to be humble, but I'm doing the best that I can. Oh, Mac Davis had an influence on my life at an early age. And evidently he influenced some of you as well because you know the words to that song. But isn't that just who we are? Isn't that the culture that we live in from the playing fields of, of athletics to the trading floors of wall street. Humility appears to be an accessory for few people, people believing they can't afford to have just a dose of humility. Even this afternoon in the greatest football game ever, as millions will be watching, we will see grown men, that make way too much money, cross a goal line and rip open their shirt or discount double check. Actually, he won't be doing that this year. We need more guys like Peyton Manning that just give the ball to the ref and just run back to the sidelines, right? Or make a sack and they're gonna let us know and do their best dance just to draw some attention to themselves that basically says, look at me. Look what I've done. These dominant personalities and cultural icons of our day are, are they're, they're oftentimes individuals that are adept at, at self-promotion and projection. Sadly, it's this confusion about what I believe the true calling of humility that that it's oftentimes found in places like this as well. 
It's oftentimes found in the church where humility is too often seen as a gift granted to a few rather than as a command addressed to all. I love what C.S. Lewis said, so memorable. And he said this, Christian humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. It is to be no longer always noticing yourself and and how you are doing and, and how you are being treated. And so emulate. If there's a quality or an attribute that probably might be good for us to spend just a few moments with this day, it's probably this thing called humility. And I sure do wish that we could have chosen another topic today or, or, or gone a, a different direction. But can you not help but think of that word as you look at the face of our Savior? I mean, is that not just one of the quality and character traits that, that when you think of Jesus, is that not a word that really comes to your mind? And so today we've chosen to spend some time with, with this in the person of, of, of Jesus Christ, we can see what I believe is the true meaning of humility. It is so unfortunate that, that some have a wrong concept of this admirable virtue. Humility is not some inferiority complex that causes one to, to, to shrink from action. It's, it's, it's not being shy or embarrassed in the presence of others. Humility is, 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 is not a reflection of weakness in one's character. But rather, I believe that it's a sign of strength. It is not the lack of firmness in in addressing an issue. However, its firmness does not exhibit the arrogance and the pompous attitude, which sometimes accompany dealing with others. You see, in Jesus, we can see that humility is lowliness of spirit that is deliberately adopted. It's, it's taking a, a subordinate position voluntarily when, when a service opportunity arises. You see, lowliness of spirit and the willingness to serve, they cannot be found in one whose vision's been blurred by, by what our culture has thrown out to us as this distorted sense of one's own importance. The antithesis of humility would be words such as pride and ego. You see, pride and ego stand in direct contrast to to humility. They are the opposites of humility. Now, last week, we spent some time dealing with this idea of service. And, 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 and I just want to kind of go back there for just a second because I believe that there, there are some people in our day and age that, that can hear a message on, hey, serving others and, and attending to the needs of others. And, 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 and I believe that there are many of us that maybe even ran out this last week and we just did things to help others. Why? Because, well, that's what Jesus did and that's what the pastor told us to do, right? But here's what I believe. I believe that you can actually serve other people and meet their needs, but yet lack this quality. 
I believe that there are so many people around us that serve and take care and help other people around them, but yet they're not filled with what I believe is the right attitude, this attitude of having a humble heart and a humble spirit. Does that make sense to you? How many times have maybe even in places like this, we've just heard, hey, listen, we need to just do good to others. We need to serve others. And there are so many people filled in houses of worship all around our city and around the world today that believe that if I just do good deeds and good acts for people, that is all that God wants for me. Have you heard that before? And then we get sucked into believing that. I believe that it's literally possible for me to make your day better, but my heart not be in that just to think that I can get another star next to my name. Are are you with me? But I believe that it's this quality of humility that sets service apart. I believe that it's this quality of of having a humble spirit and, and, and lowering of oneself and not seeing oneself greater than they should or greater than anyone else. I believe that's what Jesus possessed that set him apart from the religious leaders of his day. In fact, the Savior declared to his disciples, remember in Luke chapter 22, verse 27, he says, for I am among you as one who serves. And in Matthew chapter 11, verse 29, he says this, I am humble and gentle at heart. I mean, think about those words. The Lord, the majestic Lord and and the master of all, the, the creator of the universe, the eternal God in human form. Can't you just see him casting himself in the role of a humble, lowly servant? I mean, when you think of Jesus, don't you just see that? Lowering himself. As we looked at last week, lowering himself to wash those dirty feet of his disciples, yes, even the feet of those who would betray him or sell him out. I mean, it seems incredible to me that, that, that our king is serving his servants. He said in Mark chapter 10, verse 45, that he was the one who came not to be served, but to serve others. I mean, folks, listen, if you need to know anything about Jesus, know this, his entire life and teaching show those words not to be hollow expressions. If you know anything about Jesus, you find him giving true indications, true descriptions of what ministry is about because this is how he lived. But he didn't do it just so that his father or just so the religious leaders of the day would clap for him and say, oh, you are great. Greatness was nothing that Jesus ever pursued. He simply wanted to please his father in heaven. He did pursue obedience. So whatever he needed to do, whatever task his father set before him, whatever his father in heaven called him to do, he would lower himself to that task. In the New Testament, we're gonna look at the Bible, is that okay? Because I believe that the Bible gives us picture after picture. I believe in the New Testament, there's, there are portraits of Jesus that, 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 that stand out to me, that, that give us these, these indications of, of his humble spirit. We, we, we see his servant's heart, but yet more importantly, we see his humility. For instance, observe how he was born, how he made his entrance 
into this world. I don't know what your birth was like, but probably for the majority of us, we, we made our entrance into the world in, in, in a place that was ready to receive us, correct? For the majority of us in this room today, there were, there were people gathered around, multitudes of people with balloons and cigars and, 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 and things just to welcome our entrance into this world, right? People were ready for you. The pomp and circumstance, the band was ready to play. They put ribbons on your door when you made your entrance. The stork even showed up in your front yard and declared that you were a boy. I'm a boy, a real boy. Name the movie. Thank you. Just keeping you on your toes. Some of you, that's the only thing you're going to remember from today's sermon. Shame on you. But at the birth of our Lord and Savior, the birth of the greatest leader of all time, observe the total absence of the pomp and the splendor and the glitter which human pride would have used to impress the world. Notice that that, that he was of, of humble circumstance during his birth. You read the, the, the scripture and you see that, that he was brought up in the home of, of a carpenter. He was sometimes even, even known to, to, to not even have a place to call home or even a place to, to lay his head. You see, our Lord willingly accepted such a lowly position. Church, listen. It may be in our day that the trappings of, of, of affluence and the desire to make a display before worldly men that may get in the way of our being like Jesus. To, to have what everyone has. If I can just keep up with the Joneses, if I could just have my name in lights, the desire to be known by men. I believe could be one of the very things, that attitude, that spirit that keeps us from being more like this man. And isn't that who we are in our culture? We want to be known. We want to be seen. We want to have the right things. Note our Savior's willingness to talk to people that were labeled the untouchables of his day. I mean, if you want to talk about another attitude or, or quality, another instance in which this, this quality of humility stands out, I mean, j- j- just think about some of the people that Jesus interacted to and talked to in relation to spiritual concerns. But very seldom do you find Jesus hanging out with the religious people of his day. Very seldom do we find Jesus entering into houses of worship, the temple or whatever. In fact, it seems like to me, every time he went there, he got agitated with the religious leaders. In fact, we find him teaching them even at an early age. Remember, where's Jesus? Oh, he's sitting down with the rabbis and he's giving them a sermon. Wow. Or, or, or being upset with how they'd prostituted and, and made his temple, his house, something other than what it should be. But what you do find in this leader, in this rabbi, you, you find him interacting with people labeled untouchable during the day. 
Many of the people that Jesus reached out to and talked to, many others would not have stooped to touch such or to teach such individuals. But Jesus was not too proud to to teach the Samaritan woman something that the self-righteous would have avoided at all cost. Jesus had time to have a conversation with a woman that was taken in the act of adultery when certain hypocrites were willing to bring her down. In fact, even in that story, we find him doing what? Stooping down into the dirt and riding, stooping, lowering himself while others stood poised, ready to hurl the stones. He was not ashamed to be found eating with with publicans, not republicans, but publicans, tax collectors. In fact, he even ate with people the Bible calls sinners. In fact, he was known as a friend of, of sinners. Okay, you know Mac Davis, but you don't know that Jesus was known as a friend of sinners. Come on. That's who he spent time with. What great religious leader in the world would ever do that? What current figure in our world do you know that welcomes people like Jesus did to eat with them and to take time to share spiritual truths with them? You see, he wasn't ashamed. He was not above. In fact, church, I believe that we can learn from the lowly Jesus not to be so selective about those who we are willing to teach and reach out to. Let me say that again because you didn't say anything. Hey, church, listen, I believe that we can learn from a lowly Jesus not to be so selective about those whom we're willing to teach and reach out to. Are we willing to do that? Are we willing to place ourselves in groups of people that Jesus would say might be labeled as sick? You see, wasn't it Jesus that said, it's not for the healthy that I've come, but it's for those who are sick. It's not those that are healthy that need a doctor. I mean, we get that sick people need doctors. I'm telling you, we can learn from that. We can learn from him that the blessed gospel is for all people. It's not just for a select few. Are you with me, church? Here's another thing to consider about Jesus. Consider the fact that Jesus would make time for little children. Yeah, he did that. He, he, he would make time for little children. He, even when his disciples considered that something of maybe an imposition on his time. Kids were a distraction, right? You remember that? And the disciples are trying to hush them and shoo them and get them out of the way. Come on, little kids, this is Jesus. This is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And and he's trying to speak. He's trying to have a moment here with his people. And and you kids, you're just being a little disruptive. That's why you'll never hear me getting upset about hearing your kids' voices. They're not going to throw me off. I love that. I mean, even Jesus took time for kids, didn't he? Earlier, I'm reminded that there was a time in which he called to him a little child and he used this little child as an example that humility is essential for anyone who would enter the kingdom. Humility, a little child. 
See, a self-seeking person on the lookout for ways to to promote his his own interests, they have no time for those who cannot do anything for him. I think of another situation in which Jesus demonstrated humility. I mean, think of the kind of person that Jesus described in the greatest sermon ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount. Matthews 5, 6, and 7. Think about the type of person that that, that Jesus describes in this greatest sermon ever preached. He he describes what a blessed person looks like. Now, if you you want to read those chapters, it'll be great things for your personal devotional time this week. But but you're going to notice how he relates to this disposition that we're discussing today. You see, Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount says that, that the truly blessed man, the, the happy man, Jesus envisioned in him including qualities and, and attitudes such as this. He's poor in spirit. The, the, the blessed man, Jesus would say, is, is, is the man that mourns, those that, that mourn. He, he used the phrase, the meek. That's the blessed man. The, the, the blessed man is one that's merciful. He's, he's one that's, that's, that's pure in heart. The blessed man, blessed are you, blessed are the, he says, the peacemakers, and so on and so on. You see, only lowly-minded individuals would be concerned with these qualities those who promote today's culture of, of self-love and, and, and self-esteem and this do-your-own-thing philosophy, they're not comfortable with, with, with this humble servant attitude that Jesus requires of his disciples. They're not. I'm going to push my way to the front. I want my name written on the nameplate. I want my name in the local paper. I want to be, and that's who Jesus was dealing with even back in his day and age. Thus a sermon in reminding, hey, you're blessed if you're poor in spirit. You're blessed when you mourn. You're blessed when you're meek, when you're merciful, when your heart is pure. Hey, blessed are the peacemakers. Paul, the apostle Paul even, I'm reminded of something that he wrote to the saints at Philippi and to help them develop this, the righteous attitudes that they should distribute and, and demonstrate towards one another. In Philippians chapter two, Paul says this to them. He says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be what? Be humble thinking of others as better than yourselves. Paul wrote to them, he said, don't look out only for your own interests, but listen, take an interest in others too. And then immediately in the next few verses, he begins to to share with them what the mind of Christ was and that the mind of Christ should be uh, as an example uh, uh, to us as to what it means to humble oneself, to do what is in the best interest of others. Look what he says in verse eight. He humbled himself, speaking of Jesus, he humbled himself in obedience to God and he died a criminal's death on a cross. 
You see, when the apostle was seeking to to stir the Christians at Corinth to to perform a, a service toward their needy brethren in Jerusalem, he was reminding them of what Jesus had done to them. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, it says, You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became what? Church poor. So that by his poverty he could make you rich. It's the mind of this humble servant. It's the mind of Christ. That scripture says moved him to act on behalf of lost men. And aren't you thankful for that? Aren't you thankful that Jesus was not some religious leader that sought fame and recognition? He only ministered when he had time or when people were worthy of it. Aren't you thankful that he wasn't some, some rabbi that, that, that just stayed stationary in the temple and expected people to come to him? No, he was out mingling and rubbing flesh with those that needed touching. Aren't you thankful, guys, that this is what we've chosen to model our lives after? A Savior that was willing to lay aside all of the riches of heaven all of the glory of heaven to stoop down to lower himself to earth standards so that you and I would have the privilege of being called his sons and daughters. The richest being in the universe voluntarily became poor to bring true riches to those that sin had rendered destitute. That's why we've chosen to talk about humility today. What might our city look like if we possessed this quality? May we, may, may we take a, a, a good look at, at what it really meant for, for, for the king of kings to be born in, in, in a humble manger May we take a a good look at what it meant for the king of kings to live a humble life and ultimately to die a selfless death for us. And make no mistake about Jesus. He pursued meekness and he stooped so low for each of us. May the reality of the humility of Jesus change our lives forever. Hey, church, I'm praying that we would learn to walk in humility just as Jesus walked. I'm praying that we would daily clothe ourselves with the beauty of lowliness. Reminded in James chapter four, verse six, Scripture says that God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And ladies, just as you were challenged this week, for those of you that attended the conference, you know that those that he humbles, he honors. And so, Lord, I am praying 
that we as your church, your church, your people, would look more like you with this quality of humility. Father, may we be willing to lower ourselves. May we be willing to go to the untouchables. May we be willing to have the faith of a child. Lord, may we be so consumed with just bringing you glory and honor, not of ourselves, but for you and you alone. Lord, help us to clothe ourselves in humility and walk in lowliness. All for your glory in Jesus' name, amen.